get to the money. Welcome to another episode of Drinking After Dark, a podcast where we discuss random topics while having a few drinks. I'm your host, Darius, and as always, drink responsibly. And make sure you follow Drinking After Dark podcast on Facebook and on Instagram. Tonight, I have a very, very special guest with me. I've known this guy ever since we were kids in elementary school. Welcome to the podcast, my boy, Chris Mylan. What's going on? What's good, man? How you doing? How you doing? Oh, man, I'm good. I'm good, man. How about yourself? Man, just got this goose with me right now, getting ready for what we about to talk about. <laughs> man, that's what's up. I ain't had goose in a long time, so, you know, I, I stick to what I know. All day. All day. And as always, I'm drinking that Crown Vanilla mixed with that Dr. Pepper cream soda. So, y'all know I'm feeling good. I've been feeling good before I got on here. I'm going to feel good during. I'm going to feel good after this. So, Chris, man, let the people know, man, who you are, what you do, and, man, some of the things that you have going on. Man, my name is Chris Mylan. I've been knowing Darius since YMCA basketball days here in Clarksville, Tennessee. But uh, I, what I do out here is uh, photography. Photography is definitely my thing. Uh, I like concerts. I've done I've – done, with uh, people on CNN and Good Morning America. I'm taking pictures of those. Uh, I've also, you know, been in a good community, seeing activists. Pretty much I've taken pictures of pretty much anything, any and everything. And uh, I, I don't have just one part, one type of photography. So, hey, I just jumped in and, hey, wherever it took me, it took me. And that's basically... That's basically my main thing in life. Uh, I definitely love it. Uh, I love stocks as well, but I'm still learning that. But definitely photography, though. How long have you been doing photography? Photography since 2016, but I didn't get serious about it until about 2018. Um, I had a friend named Holla and I had a friend named Marty that both were photographers and you know, once you're around people enough, you know, it rubs off on you. And uh, my friend Holla, he moved to D.C. He moved back home to D.C. So me and him would just, you know, talk over the phone like, you know, you need to do this. If you really got an eye for it, do it. And uh, I know a lot of people don't want to talk about things like this, but I was going through a slick depression at the time. And, uh, you know, just didn't know where I was going in life and, you know, where I was at. Uh, but when I picked up the camera, it just, it changed everything. It's like, instead of putting your sorrows and just being down, hey, pick up that camera and something good can happen. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that's where it took me. This is where it's taken me ever since then. 
Well, man, look, I've been following you for a long time, man. I've seen everything you've been doing, man, and I'm super proud of, of your progress with photography and everything like that. I'm seeing you doing big things, and I continue to pray for more and more success coming your way. So uh, continue to do what you're doing, man, and, you know, don't stop. Keep growing, man. Keep growing, and, you know, if it's making you happy, that's your passion. Don't let anybody tell you that, you know, Go pick it up and go do something else. Continue doing what you're doing, man. Yes, sir. Thank you, bro. Appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, like, I think we all get to a point where we at a crossroads. Where, like, we we don't really know what we really want to do, right, until somebody kind of, like, push us in the right direction. And all of a sudden, that is, like, what makes us feel good on the inside, doing what we're doing. So I kind of I, I I know where you're coming from when you say you was kind of in the slick depression because yeah. you didn't you didn't know what you uh where your life was headed, you know. But um, I'm glad that you're you're in this direction, man, and I, I see you that you're doing a lot of big things, man. And and who who name all the people that you worked with? I mean, like you know. Oh. Any big names out there that we know about, or just like you just do whatever? Uh, Eddie George is, um, he's definitely one I had fun with. Uh, Eddie George was one of my favorite ones because it was people that went to his house and, uh, you could tell they didn't know anything about him. And for me to be Tennessee, of course, especially when the Titans came, I remember the Oilers days, I remember. The the one yard miss on the touchdown, yep. Like I remember all that, and just to be in house at one point, you know, I seen the it was some younger cats that were there, and you could tell they didn't really know everything. But I was just, I was just like, look, I want to see the Heisman Trophy, dog. And he was like, all right, I'll take it to that. That was my that was my one that was fun. I've I've done a lot of basketball players. Done a lot of football players, but that one, that one was the one that I, was, I had, I enjoyed. But my, the one that meant the most to me, I don't know if you guys have heard the story about Chris Young, but uh, I grew up with Chris yeah. Young as well through uh, Clarksville High and Richview days, and uh, he had got pardoned from a life sentence, and then when he got off the plane. Uh, Meet the judge that got him off, to help get him off, and uh, to meet up with his friend Bam, and those were the first people he seen, and just to see, just to see his reaction, that's what that's what got me, and just to see that I know this guy, like this isn't somebody that, oh, I'm just watching TV, and he just escaped life, and he just, nah, this is somebody I've known, and to see him, that he beat life a life sentence in prison and emotion. I've seen how much he changed and that I really, I can honestly say that this year it changed me because I actually, after that, I kept going harder and photography period. It's like, I said, man, this dude was in, in the pen for 10 years. And like, I could tell like how much he was just happy just to be out. And I said, man, I've been out this whole time. I've been doing photography. I've been going good at it, but I can go harder. And his him 
him just being now for the last uh, nine months, I'm telling you, bro, Chris, Chris really motivated me to keep going harder. So that I believe, like out of all of my photography, that's the one that got me was Chris Young. Yeah, man, I actually remember the case and I remember the sentencing. I was like, "What?" Yeah, I was yeah. like, "That that's a." I'm not saying he shouldn't do time, but that's a little too extreme. Yeah, like you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like that. Come on, man, y'all give killers less time than that. I was like, man. I think at the time he was only 21 years old. I'm like, dang. Yeah, I was like, and you know what? Shout out to the judge, man, who stepped down from his position to help get him off, man. Because I remember reading it. He said he didn't even like doing it. He was forced to do it by law. But he was like, nah, this ain't right. So he stepped down. He helped out Chris, man, and others, man, who helped him get off, get him home. I'm glad he's back. I'm glad he's doing uh, big things as well. So, hey, anything that you could draw motivation from, yeah, use it. Brittany, uh, Brittany K. Barnett, do not forget, bro. She's I don't, I don't know the exact number, but I think it's over thirty people off of uh, life sentence, and she helped Chris get off. And uh, just just to see her her journey as well. Both of them, like, just talking to me. And I, the emotion, was, I think, was what got me. I was like, when you see that much much emotion of, of a win, and, you know, you see sports, you know, when they finally win a championship or something like that. But once you see something that actually got to do with your life, like, hey, we beat this. I'm here now. I'm, I'm, I'm not behind them bars no more. I helped the person get from behind them bars. Once you see something like that, it, it can't do nothing but motivate you. And right. that's why I tell anybody, once you out here, you got to think about, like, hey, am I actually going to what I'm doing? Like, I understand I want to watch Netflix tonight, but, you know, should I be net- watching Netflix or should I be editing these pictures? You know what I'm saying? That's how. Right. That's what I had to, like, learn by myself. It's like, you know, should I, I need to pay more attention to. And that's, yeah. that's what I do. <laughs> Definitely, man, because don't get me wrong, man. I love Netflix. I love watching Hulu. All day. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. It take it takes me away from reality. You know, if yeah. I need about an hour, maybe a two-hour break from reality, I'm going straight there. You know what I mean? But like you with your photography, this with my podcast, you know, this is something that I just want to do for fun. I'm having fun with it. Yeah. Right? And it's not something like I'm looking to make money off of. If it happens, it happens. But I just wanted to do something to bring attention to other people and to give them a platform to either um, promote whatever it is that they're doing or just come on here, just talk, man, just chill, have a great time. And I put everything into this podcast. I mean, I know you see me on social media always promoting the episode and things like that. And I take great pride in that because it's for one, you'll probably understand this. You have control of your own destiny when you do something on your own. Yes. Nobody is telling you what to do. Nobody's telling you what time you have to do it. Um, Nobody's telling you how much you're going to make doing this. You're controlling your own destiny. And this is what I love about 
doing my podcast because I control how my podcast goes. I already set a set schedule when it's going to be released. I tell people, listen, this is what we're going to talk about. This is not what we're going to talk about. Now, we could pretty much talk about anything as long as it's not religion, politics, or getting into somebody's personal business. Yeah, getting out the real world for once, man. Exactly. <laughs> so, and I just, before I go any further, man, I just want to thank you and the others who came on to the podcast, man, and just, you know, continue to fuck with me, man, and continue to uh, show me love and things like that. It's just, it's all been a blessing, though. I would say that this has been a blessing. Um, but before we go, let the people know where they could find you at, social media-wise or wherever. My, since I do photography, it's best to find me on Instagram at ctmilan, M-I-L-A-N. And uh, that that's basically my, my best part, platform right there for uh, finding me because, you know, Instagram pretty much took off with the images it was just a platform for photography at one point but you know social media then came through and took over but that's my best place okay so y'all make sure y'all go follow uh my boy ct man uh on his instagram page ct Milan. y'all go follow him man if y'all want some photography done y'all go hit him up on that page I, i'm telling you right now he is really really talented what he does and you could tell he enjoys taking uh, photos. He enjoys um, the art of photography. So y'all go follow him. If you need anything, y'all hit him up. Now, I know you mentioned Eddie George. Earlier. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm going to say this as a proud black man and you as a proud black man. The state of the black college, college football. We're seeing two. There's a Hall of Famer. I think Eddie George should be considered for the Hall of Fame. I think he always yeah. getting overlooked. But you see these two guys going to the black colleges and coaching at these uh, schools. You see um, Eddie George at Tennessee State right now. And you see um, Deion Sanders at Jackson, Jackson State. How do you feel about the impact that I think um, these two bring to the black college football programs? Or what do you think that, because see, for me, I just feel like they bring attention and awareness because there's a lot of talent, you know, in those schools, but they tend to get overlooked because of the power five conference and, they have all the you know the exposure to promote the players and the programs. That's how I feel. So how do you feel about that? Uh, do you know you know who who's really? Yeah, I know Deion Sanders and Eddie George are definitely definitely doing their thing. But you know who I've seen working the hardest for HBCUs right now? Who is that? Is is Master P? Master P is going hard for HBCUs right now. And when I'm seeing with that, like even players that are top players and they're going to HBCUs now, right? Yeah. Just not even just football but basketball. This is this is about to be a change of an event. Now what's happening is 
you got players that are now, let, let's say NBA. Now you got players that's able to go uh, straight to the D League now and uh, get their 100000 and up check now. So you're about to see a lot of players start doing that for them now. So now that's going to leave behind the players that's going to be, you know, in college for two, three, and maybe all four years now. So with that being said, they're choosing HBCUs. This right here is going to be a change in events, bro. And I hate to say it. No, I don't hate to say it. Let's just be real. The biggest talent on all of these teams are black people or black men or black women. They are the biggest talent on all these squads, all these uh, top conferences, all that. If they all went to HBCUs, this the whole game is changing, bro. It ain't no way that it ain't changing. Because once you see Eddie George and Deion Sanders, it's like, hold on. You're talking about, you're talking about pro bowlers. You're talking about Hall of Famers. And you're talking about a Heisman Trophy winner. Like, it, the game has to change now. It's it's not going to be the same in 10 years. It's about to be a whole different level in 10 years. Now, with that being said, another question is now the players can make money off their likeness. Yes. So do you think, in a way, it kind of gives the HBCUs a disadvantage because now you have these uh, millionaire and billionaires who are like boosters for these schools. They can offer these kids endorsement deals and to go to the schools of their choice, and the HBCUs don't have that type of money to compete. Yes. So that right there, like you said, that right there. Now I see that more. I kind of see that more with football for some reason, but yeah, football, football definitely. Yeah, football, football definitely. is is definitely going to be. That's going to be a hard choice. That's going to be a hard choice because you can't tell a kid that a family's struggling that he needs to go to HBCU if he's not going to get paid anything. Now, if he goes uh, to like a, a Florida Gators or or Alabama, as I'm talking about paying them, and their family's struggling, you know they're going to go. Because, I mean, none of us, even black, white, no matter what, who we are, we're not going to let our family struggle. So, you know what's going to happen with that. Because I can tell, I can see, you know, the, the sharks when it comes to that. Definitely with somebody that's 18 years old. And somebody mm-hmm. that's 18 years old, they're, they're not turning down. They're not they're not gonna turn down a hundred thousand dollars. They're not gonna turn down two hundred. I don't know how much these guys are really getting paid, but I did see one where, you know, a kid got eighty five thousand at eighteen. I'm like, nah, he's not turning that down. <laughs> nah, I mean now they uh was it Master Peace on got what a two million dollar deal? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and stuff, but you know, that's his dad, so He's yeah, able exactly. to make that happen for him. But, you know, with other players, you know, now they're like, like you said, it's a football thing. It's more going to be towards geared towards football players because that's the big money revenue sport in all yes, college sports. Yes, you know, is. let's just be honest. That that brings in the money. They, they're covered, you know, the atmosphere, you know, being around football. The, yeah. the atmosphere, atmosphere of football, it's an event. Like, when you go to a basketball game, it's just another game. When you go to a football game, think about everything that comes with it. You it's know, totally different. Totally different. Yeah. You know, and, and me and you, I already know me and you are more basketball fans. <laughs> but once, you, once you're at a football game, once you're at a – you could be out to eat with your family on a Sunday. And that screen, them TVs in there, they're on, they're on something football. 
no matter what. Like, you'll see a dad stop his conversation and like, oh, the ball just went up in the air. Let's see if he catch it. They stop a whole conversation with their family. So, yep. They don't do basketball. Sorry, they just don't. I mean, even though I love, I love basketball more. Let's just be real. Football, nah. That's that's a worldwide sport. Everybody loves football. Yes, and especially in America. <laughs> you know how that goes. Oh man, it's the number one sport <laughs> in America. You know it, boy. I'm telling you, they get the fighting at these games now. It's it's beyond serious. I don't know yeah. what they have to do. Yeah. They probably have to separate the like the visiting um, fans and the home team fans. They gotta do something because every time you look up, somebody's fighting. Somebody's fighting. It's, it's like all- my bad. It's it's not that serious. You know what yeah. I mean? It's it's yeah. Your team got it. Got their ass whooped. So the fuck what? Live with it. They playing somebody that they could beat next week. But exactly. you know when they get that they get that bear in their system and. You know, they just can't help it. You know, they already too emotionally involved in the team anyway. Bro, so, what, what I'm seeing with that, now I, I have I have seen uh, where fans get a little out of hand. And it's like, let's say somebody that's our age, right, and been a Titans fan, Oilers fan since, fourth, like, 98, 99 or something. And, like, they, they put their, like, heart into them. So they put their heart into them. Somebody, as soon as somebody from, let's say, New Orleans, but I say F the Titans or something like that, and they right behind them, and they already drunk. Oh, it's over. I've seen it. I've, I've seen it too many times, even at a bar. I've seen it definitely with Cowboys fans. Oh man, they the worst. <laughs> Cowboys fans. Hey, I've seen it with them the most though, but because they they feelings is definitely in it. They they feel like they a cowboy themselves. Right. I'm a Steelers fan, so you know, and that's the best thing about me being in Clarksville, being in Tennessee. If I go to a Titans game and they playing the Steelers in Nashville, yeah, do you know how many Steelers fans gonna show up? <laughs> hey, I seen that. I seen that. Like it's it's way too many for me. I was like, uh, uh-uh, nah, can't do that. If some dude, <laughs> there'll be a dude right next to me. I don't know who he is. He could be a Steelers fan. If there's a Titans fan right behind me talking trash to me, this dude next to me going to be like, hey, hey, don't do that. I'm on his team. What you trying to do? Like, I ain't trying to fight nobody. I ain't trying to get arrested. But if it's going to go down, I know who got my back. Yeah. I don't have to know this guy, but because, you know, we have a common bond with the Steelers, we on the same team. It's like teammates in the crowd. It's it's more so, Steelers fans in Tennessee, especially in Middle Tennessee, than there is Titans in my opinion. Steelers is on a, di- a different level because oh, yeah. they they go back they go back in a day. So once you go back in uh back in the day with like hey your grandparents is, was rooting for them. Yep. So hey that been that's been passed down. Yep, definitely. Well, you know my family we all over the place. I think yeah. we only got a couple of family members that's Titans fans. Um. We have Eagle fans. We have Cowboys fans. You know, I have a cousin that's a Jacksonville Jaguar fan. How did that happen? <laughs> hey, tell him I'm sorry, <laughs> man. But how did that... <laughs> hey, Sue. Um, <laughs> you know who else is a, a Jaguar? Uh, Bam. Bam is a Jaguar fan. What? I, oh, you man. didn't know this? I did not know this. What? Yeah, he 
I remember it was like two seasons ago, we played each other and he was talking shit to me and they lost. I'm like, oh, get man. out of here. Nah, I did not, oh, man. I did not know Ben was a Jag fan. Oh, I'm yeah. He's a, he's a Jag <laughs> fan. Yeah. But you know what? It's all good and fun, man. That's, that's what I love about football season. You have bragging rights for a whole week. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if we see y'all getting y'all beat us, okay, y'all, y'all were the better team that day. But I also want to talk about this real quick because we are basketball fans and we know the big story over the summer was that of PJ Washington and Brittany Renner. Mm, mm, now mm, mm. that that story. Mm. <sighs> boy, I'm gonna how, say this. I'm gonna say ahead, this. Go ahead and start because it's it, it it's happened for years. But yes. it's just I'm and, and Hey, no disrespect to women. It is no disrespect to women. But these uh these Instagram models and stuff, they back in the day they just didn't have Instagram. That's they didn't have Instagram, they didn't have Snapchat, Facebook, all this stuff to get famous for, but they were still out there lurking. Like, hey, them them groupies were still out there. It's just, hey, they show up to your they show up to your hotel. They show up, hey. But now, you know, they got a platform. A lot of these girls that were like groupie wise now have a platform. They have a platform. They get even famous for their platform. Brittany Rayner, hey, hey, let's be real. She's bad. She and, is. Hey, and young, hey, that's a young dude. I, I want to say what? He's like 21? Yeah, they got, they got together when he was, uh, I think, 19. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm 19, hey, I can't front. If I'm 19 years old and she came up to me, I'm like, shoot, what? I'm like, even Drake dated her, I think, something like that. And I'm I'm 19, and this is the girl Drake used to date. Oh, shoot. As hell. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you how I feel about this situation. Because people, now, I don't feel bad for PJ Washington. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, your job was just to hit it and then move on. Move on. (laughs) But you didn't do that. You got her pregnant. Yeah. Now, this, like, to your point, he was was young. He's still young. Yeah. But she scouted him out in college. This is where it all started at. Because she was at the Kentucky games. She knew out of all those players on that team, Three or four of them going in the first round. All yeah. she had to do was pick one. And she chose him. I don't know why she chose him. Maybe there was some method to the madness. Who knows? But now this is what gets me. This is what get this is what gets me. Nobody around PJ Washington or somebody in his corner told him, do not mess with this girl. Nobody. And in a way, I just feel like somebody ain't got that let you know somebody ain't got his back. Yeah. Especially family wise. Right. And this and she's been proven. She was like you said on Instagram, she did a video basically saying what she said, athletes or was just basketball players, but mainly athletes were too easy to uh get and stuff like that. Yeah. She she knew what she was doing. She was a lot older, and yeah. she was smarter. And she let this dude hit it raw. 
Yeah. You the one that did that. You got to be stuck with her for the rest of your life because of this child that you two have together. And now, now every time people see you, they don't see PJ Washington. They see her. Yeah. And I, I don't feel bad, but at the same time, I kind of do because he was young, dumb, and stupid. And to your point, she is, she, she's bad. Yeah. I, I can see why you would, I can see why you would, you know, go on and do that. But this chick has bragged about, you know, all the dudes she's been with. You just don't, you're, you're basically like, you're basically like Columbus Short. Yeah. The only difference is Columbus Short got out of that situation. Yeah. I don't know why he married the woman in the first place, but he got out of the situation. You stuck with this woman for the rest of your life. Yeah. See, I think with uh, PJ, one, I don't know why, like nobody, or I don't. We don't know. Maybe somebody, somebody did tell him. Somebody was like, "Hey, you need to quit. You need to, you need to leave that alone. Like hit it and quit it, move on. But don't fall in love." It sounds like he probably fell in love. She probably used that older chick magic on him, or something else. But uh, nah, she she used that <laughs> she used that pussy grip yeah. on him, and that nigga fell in love. That's what happened. <laughs> you know it. Hey, hey, he fell in love with it. I think she about like what twenty eight, twenty nine. Yeah, she's uh she's late twenties. Yeah, so she she used what she knew. She already messed with athletes and musicians before, and. What she did, she got somebody straight out of college, pretty much. And hey, used it on him. He was young and dumb, got her pregnant. That's what it is. And that's I come on, man. You gotta that's <laughs> this is this is why you gotta have more mature adults around young adults. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, this he was a high school all American. You told you preached to him all the time. These girls see you, they see dollar signs. They know you're going to the league. Yeah. They've known since high school you're going to the league. But guess what? Ain't one of these little girls that you got pregnant. It was a mature woman who was older. I'm not going to – she is mature because she knew the game and she knew who she could put the game on. Yeah. But you – know, You know how people talk about LeVar Ball? I was about to go to that point. I was about to get to that point. <laughs> they, 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 they want to talk bad about him, right? But I don't think this would have happened to Melo. Melo done already messed with some, some bad ones, <laughs> and didn't get him pregnant. So I'm over here saying to myself, this. I don't think this would have happened to Melo. I know, I know, uh, Lonzo uh, got a girl, his his actual girlfriend, pregnant. Yeah, high school yeah, sweetheart. Yeah, but Melo. I don't. I I wouldn't see this happening to Melo because Lavar already y'all spoken would already tell him like, son, this is just one you hit and quit. And he, I think he would be straight up with him. And then when somebody like Lavar straight up like that, you know, you got all these people talking about, oh, he's too much in the, his son's businesses and all that. I'm like, nah. Y'all can't see that. That's a dad that actually cares. I don't know what to tell people. <laughs> And he understand too, just because he grown, you ain't in a, you just ain't because grown. you're in a, yeah, yeah, you ain't grown yet. So he knows when you're ready to really fully make those choices on your own. Yeah. Now, the Lonzo, he's straight. 
Yeah. But that youngest one, Mello. <laughs> I mean, this dude been a cocky son of a bitch for a long time. <laughs> and he and he's another one too, because he he was out there about with a, a 33-year-old. Man, he was out there with Tiana, uh Tiana Trump. This motherfucker. <laughs> this nigga was with Tiana Trump. That's why I was over here like, hey, if he escaped that, I think he should be able to escape anything then. Hold up. <laughs> now <laughs> Tiana Trump and Brittany Renner actually have a friendship. Oh, they do? What? They actually have nigga. Go online after this is over. Go online. You'll see these two taking pictures together. I think it's on um both of their Instagram pages. They have done photo shoots together. Oh man. But all see, the, but see the same pod, bro. Yeah. <laughs> the only difference is Tiana Trump went on to the adult film industry. Brendan Renner just yeah. she just be having just she just wanted to be a gold digger. That's all she wanted to be. Yeah. You know, and Speaking of Tiana Trump, here's a little known fact. She had to get kicked out of school. She had to do homeschool for the rest of the year. Dang. Because she was doing porn while she was in high school. And didn't she get, didn't, isn't she the one that busted out and said she did something with an Indiana Pacer when she was in high school? I think it was Paul, was it Paul George? I, the name didn't come out. The whoever Whoever's name it was didn't come out. Okay, but, yeah, I remember that. I remember that story. But everybody I, thinks it's Paul. Yeah, I think she did. She was the one that said that. Dang. Wee. Hey, these girls. Hey, hey, what, it's rough. It's rough what, out here. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna stay on this level because there's a lot more out there. Because you gotta think, if it was Paul George, if it I'm was, not surprised. I'm not you, surprised. You know, he paid that one off. Oh, he had to keep her quiet. So she didn't got some money. She done got some money too. Man, it's all a plot, bro. That's all it is. What about the one? I don't know who it is. The one that says she got ran through by the entire Phoenix Suns team. Ooh, which one was that? Was it Selena Powell? Was that her? Ooh, it was I don't Was it Phoenix Suns or uh Arizona Cardinals? No, Phoenix Suns. Oh Lord. Mm. They said not it was only just the players. But it was also like managers, bruh, and stuff too. <laughs> I was like, "What the <laughs> hell is going on?" Like, y'all ain't learned from Magic Johnson and the shit he went through thirty years ago. Man, the, the shit with Magic Johnson back in the day, how they said uh, the form was bottom. Did you uh, have you ever read the story? About, you know, I'm a Lakers fan, but uh, the story about. Uh, what they used to do at the bottom of the forum. Have you ever heard of that? I ain't got to hear it, but I pretty much know the story. I'm pretty sure there was some nasty shit going on down there. Man, when I when I read all that and heard all that, and then when I when I actually went to the YouTube and listened to it, oh man, they was wild. You know how older people be acting like they never done nothing back in the day. Okay. Oh y'all Damn. done some nasty shit. <laughs> They hey they was wild at the, hey Lakers, Whew. like you said, these cowboys even getting it. Like, come on, man! I'm but like, see, that's okay. that's Hollywood too. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that whole Hollywood culture out there. So, but it it happened. Like these these women now, 
Uh, who's it? Another player, football player, Jimmy G, okay. 49ers quarterback. You remember it was a big story once he got traded to San Francisco and he became the starting quarterback. He went out to dinner with a porn star. Oh, yeah. Like, Damn. what the hell is wrong with this generation of athletes? What, hey. Whatever happened to getting a good girl that's not out there like that? You know, I'm not I'm not saying nothing wrong with, you know, adult film stars because at least, you know, they're out there getting paid to do a job. Yeah. You know, they, they're actors. Yeah. In a sense. But still, like, we know why you went out with this woman. Yeah. We know what's up. Okay, this ain't no regular old female that you just happen to be out. You know, nobody knew about, you know, it's probably your relationship, your girlfriend, fiance, anybody like that. You know, she wants to be out of the public eye. This woman is in how many videos? Hundreds. Doing doing what? <laughs> and you kissing her in the mouth? Bruh, the one, um, you remember Uncle Luke? Yep. He, I remember when he said the game didn't change. And he was talking about He's basically talking about Amber Rose and Wiz, Wiz Khalifa at the time. And uh, he said, man, you know, we used to just pass them girls along. But now they marry them. They marrying them now. I was like, that's why I said, OK, even Uncle Luke saying the game didn't change. Now, now Instagram came. Hey, making it change again. Yeah, hey. they, they marrying them now. It's crazy. So, it's- social media, whatever you whatever you do in life. I don't care what it is. Like, Brittany Rainey did whatever she was doing. Uh, a fitness model can might not even be a real fitness model. Might have got her whole body done. Be a fitness model now. Like, all these people, whatever you say you want to be, let's say I drink White Claws for life. And I'm like, hey, I'm sponsored by White Claws. Stuff like that. I'm sponsored by Great Goose. Whatever you want to be on Instagram, or social media period, and you become famous at it, it's like you really real deal famous out here now. Yeah. And them fe- a lot of females got famous off of what they do. Hey. Hey, they, hey you, you can go to an Instagram account now, and you just see a girl's butt the whole time. <laughs> you scroll down the whole thing, ass, 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 ass. That's it. And what I'm saying is, with that being said, that's how you know the generation has changed. Like you said, it's actual dudes out here just ready, ready to marry, ready to put their life on the line. Knowing back in the day, they would they just would have got you know, just dated and then on to the next one. Yeah, I, it's uh, oh boy, it's I feel bad. Yeah, the young the younger dudes, I do kind of feel bad with that one. Yeah, because this this all they know. Like they didn't grow up in an era where, like you and I, before internet even popped off. Yeah, you no, know, because he back then, if you want the internet, you had to get dialed up and have that connected to your phone line. <laughs> we had hey, to watch... Bob, get off the phone! Come on, man! <laughs> <laughs> and you had to wait forever for that little man to run across the screen just to connect to the doggone line so you could go and do your homework. Wait to get a disc in the mail. <laughs> when it lets you have uh like what was it? Uh 1800 minutes for free. Man, yep. pop that disc in real quick. The new AOL, boom. Uh-huh. In there. 
A lot of people don't remember that. That's how we we telling our age now, bro. <laughs> hey, shit. My my daughter tells me I'm old, so I pretty much accepted it. Bro, do you know what these uh kids born in the 2000 up say about us? What they saying about us? Bro, they said we born in the 1900s. I'm like, whoa. Y'all ain't like we were. I was like, hold on. Yeah, like we were born right after 1899 <laughs> or some shit like that. Motherfucker, we only been we only been born in 88, 89, 90. Some people they, born in 65, when, 70, 80. Bro, when they said when they said the 1900s, I said, people actually say that? And they were like, yeah. I was like, no, that don't even sound right. They said, yeah, y'all y'all born in the late 1900s. I'm like, don't ever, don't ever say that. <laughs> I said, that sounds like. I'm about to like paint a picture, Christopher, or get on a boat with Christopher Columbus and all that. I'm like, come on, man. I don't want to hear this. I'm about some y'all born in the late 1900s. I'm like, this feel like we we a hundred years old or something. Yeah, we just <laughs> barely in our early 30s. Man, clowning us and shit. That's why y'all generation so fucked up now. All y'all mother, all y'all motherfuckers want to wear tight jeans and and. and, and, and we wore the white. We wore the tall tee with the baggy jeans. Yeah, this generation wearing skinny jeans with the uh, tall tee. I don't understand that, one, but I'm like, all right, whatever. Do you think? I I don't wear that shit. <laughs> I don't. I I can't do it. It's listen, in, man. Back I, in the day, man. Hey, if, it, I, it, I told I told uh, my, uh, if you hear a song called White Tee. <laughs> franchise boys. Yep. I ain't gonna lie, that was me. I ain't gonna front. I, man. Hey, y'all had them white tees back then. We wore. Hey, everybody wore so many white tees that they got banned from school. I was like, how did they get? How did a white T-shirt get banned from your middle school and high school? It's just a white tee. Because it's black people. Yeah. That's yeah. what it was. Y'all like a white tee. It really ain't hurting nobody. And then they gonna say it was gang related. I said, if white tea is gang related, I can tell y'all don't know nothing about the culture. No, they never did. I was like, okay, a white tea is gang related. All right. <laughs> but yet they could walk around with gothic shit on and being devil worshippers and all this shit. I remember that. I remember uh, all them. We had white teas and they had Marilyn Manson. I was yeah. like, bro, come on, man. <laughs> I said, this dude really over here talking about he the. Uh, the mini antichrist, but we just got a white team on. I'm like, all right, cool. And I can't wear my shirt of, shirt of Stone Cold Steve Austin because it was offensive. Man, I, a I, bitch. I, I will say this. I had, uh, man, bro, we went to the same school for a long time. Yeah. Damn, I just thought about that. Uh, let's be real. We was the only black kids in Sango Elementary. Me, uh, you, James me, Taylor, Ben uh, White, Ben, ben White. White. Uh, uh, who else? Uh, uh, Ziggy. Ziggy was there. I remember that. Um, who else? I call uh, him Juice. He just passed, man. Yeah, Juice. Uh, he just passed away. RIP to him. Yeah. Uh, that was about it, man. Outside I try of my to tell brothers, people. outside of I, my brothers, that was it. I try to tell folks. I said, if you was one of the first ones at Sango, you know what racism is. Oh, we were the first ones because we were there when the school first opened. Yeah, I said, I said, look, when people be talking about racism, I'm like, look, man, we went through it before all of y'all. 
I said we was the only. I'm talking about we was the only ones. I never been to a school. I, you got to think. I went from Burns Darden Elementary School to Sango. Bro, that was such a culture shock to me. Man, I didn't know what to do. That was such a culture shock that I'm like, I went to a school with everybody. I said, you had black kids, Puerto Ricans, military kids, everything. Nobody even thought about that stuff. So, But when I, they transferred me to Sango, whoo! I was, I was, I told him, I told my mom, I'm like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> I, I said, this ain't it. I'm, I'm, I said, I got in trouble for saying the word suck in the fourth oh, man. in Sango. They thought the world exploded. And I said, okay, this, this is how you know this is, this is a different culture. Cause in Burns Darn, your ass get cussed out <laughs> by a fourth grader. I just said the word suck. And they calling my pants. They talking about, hey, he's being disruptive. I'm like, damn, I said the word sucking. I got all this. <laughs> Man, listen, I told my wife, I said, babe, you you went to your elementary school, but I went to Sango. And it was only a handful of black people that went to that school. And it's and we really weren't even in the same class. We were spread out. They yeah. spread us out. If it was more than one of us in the class, we were gonna be cool from day one, cause we all we already knew that's all who we had. Shout shout out to Baron Trice. I don't know where he at out here in, in Clarksville anymore. Ron Trice, he was the only black kid in my class, and I swear, <laughs> you wore do rags one time, right? Yeah, I swear, none of them people folks know what the hell was on our head. They thought we was aliens that day. I said, we. oh, no, no, no. Man, I'm about to take you back, bro. I'm about to take you all the way back on this one. You remember when they uh, had the, uh, it wasn't a do-rag, but it was, and we put it on our head, and it looked like Tommy gear. The skull caps. Yeah. And they, you know, they tried to say it was underwear on our head or whatever. So, me and, him came, me and him came to school with them all one day. They was like, man, what the hell is they was going crazy. Teacher asking, y'all got underwear on y'all head and all that? We were like, nah, man, it's Tommy gear. I'm like, damn. I mean, y'all know who Tommy Hilfiger is? Then they had a FUBU one. Oh, man. Hell, we started being in culture shock now. Yeah. So did, because I remember I had the FUBU. Uh, I had the whole FUBU fit. Man. I wore to school. And it was like, they was like, man, where you get that at? What, What is that? I was like, why do you want to know? You ain't getting it. Let me tell you. Let me ask you something. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you something, the host. Okay. Yeah. How how much did it fuck you up when you went to Walmart and saw Fubu? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that I ain't gonna lie. When I saw that in Walmart, I was like, what "The fuck is Fubu doing in Walmart?" <laughs> hey, I'm, man. They really killed me when I walked in there one day and saw N one. I'm like, hold up, <laughs> y'all didn't y'all didn't take Fubu and N one. <laughs> yep, they so did. It used to hey when you walked in, hey I don't care like if you was a hooper, even if you wasn't a hooper, but you love basketball. When you knew when somebody came in with an N one shirt or some N one shorts back in the day, it's yep. like hey at one point N one was taking over. I had the yellow shirt, I had the yellow and one shirt, and the navy blue and one shorts. Bruh, 
Hey, hey, they always used to say something on the back. Like I drop dimes more than uh more than your average PG or something like that. I drop dimes and I shoot more. Like it was used to say talking shit on all shirts. And I'm looking at it like, damn. I said, N1 is in Walmart now. I said, FUBU is in Walmart now. I'm like, this is like black culture right here. Like both of them, hey, one was for your average day streetwear, one was for basketball, but they was both all the way black. And I'm saying, I was like, damn, they Walmart and bought them both. I said, this is crazy. And hey, it was hey. about the same time, too. It was at the same time when they used to have the flea markets down on Riverside. Hell yeah. Man. I got a lot of my clothes from that shit, and a lot of y'all did too. You know what? I'm not, hey, I'm not even going to act like I didn't. Hey, people used to be like, hey, is that real? Yeah, hell yeah, it's real. Ain't no <laughs> no real. It, it wasn't <laughs> real, but everybody got that shit though. Hey, you had that, the whole, you had the whole uh, Fat Albert <laughs> shit. Remember the Fat Albert shit? Hey, man, we didn't care unless, as long as it had Fat Albert and the FB with the same FB in the store. Hey, we got FUBU on, bro. Yep. All of it. Man. Whatever you needed, you went to the flea market. They were open every Friday, every Saturday. Whatever you wanted, you went down there. It was a whole experience. And shout out to them, man. I wish they would have bring some shit like that back because I miss, I miss hey, it. Kids now, bro, when I see it, one of my friends at work told me that his son asked for a damn Gucci belt, like a real one. Shit. And I was like, man, like, I said, your kids are comfortable with asking you that? <laughs> I used to be like, I used to be like, dad, like, I said, can I get this for Christmas? You just ask on the average date. On Christmas, yep. I used to ask on Christmas, like, hey, can I get a real FUBU shirt on Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> And I said, these kids actually, we didn't think about no Gucci. We didn't know what the hell Gucci and shit was, man. Nope. <laughs> we so didn't. Because we, we knew we couldn't buy it. <laughs> hell, we didn't even, at that age, I didn't even know about these brands. Only thing yep. I cared about, only thing I cared about was some dealing with Michael Jordan or yep. some yep. Power Rangers. That's the only man. thing I cared about. I didn't we care all, about nothing else. We all knew when Christmas break ended. When we came back and everybody had on J's, we all knew. Yep. <laughs> had your Woo. new clothes on and everything too. You couldn't wait. Bro, when you when we all came back to school after Christmas and uh Christmas break and New Year's Eve, whatever New Year's break and all that, when we came back with the new shoes, man, we all started flying. Yep. I wanna say you had you you used to make me jealous with your old penny hardaways. I used to be like, Yeah, I remember nigga. Man, them penny, <laughs> them penny hard used to be so tough, and I'm like, like this is how you know, like, like younger dudes don't know nothing about this. Penny Hardaway shoes were second to Jordan. So was when you went to the store, they would be sold out, and I'm like, damn. I said I can't get no Penny Hardaways for nothing, hey, especially the phones. You couldn't get the phones, bro. Nope. It, it, it was like you had to be. Like VIP, ain't no fourth and fifth grade about to get no phones over no grown man. Hey, it's Penny Hardaway at that moment. Even though Jordan was the best player, yeah, Penny was arguably the most popular player in the NBA. 
because he had all the commercials. He had the little penny. He had the Sprite. He had his shoes. I'm going to say something. You a basketball fan like me, too. Like, everybody talking about football all day, but I know the dudes I can talk basketball with. Right. And I'm going to say this. And I know people might not like this. But Penny is what... Man. Kobe is what Penny was supposed to be. I agree. Kobe is what Penny was supposed to be. The reason why I say that, Kobe... And I mean, Penny and Shaq were supposed to have them championships. Yep, and uh, the Magic let Shaq walk because they said he wasn't worth the money. <laughs> man, that I was like, man, how did y'all y'all crazy as hell? That team, that team, it was mismanaged. Yeah, because now, unfortunately, Penny Hardaway had the injuries. Yeah, but yeah. the fact that he said Shaq wasn't worth the money. And L.A. was like, and Jerry West was like, yes, you are. Come on to L.A. Man. And they, that stuff. And they drafted Kobe that year. It was like, man. Man. But see, it took Kobe It took Kobe about two years or so, or the, like a year or two years to really become Kobe. Yeah. Because yeah. you got to remember when he went to L.A., Kobe wasn't really part of that core group. No. It was Eddie, really, it was Eddie, Eddie Jones, Jones, Nick Van Exel. Yeah. And them dudes were tough. Hey, people act like people act like Eddie Jones wasn't tough. I'm like, nah, Eddie that Jones dude was, was a true. beast. That yeah, boy was a beast. <laughs> Nick Van Exel, yeah, another Here, beast. Here's another thing people don't remember. At one, it was uh, I think it was the second year Kobe came in. It was either the second year or third, but uh, Kobe he became an All Star by being a six man. Yep, it was him. Nick Van Exel, Eddie Jones, and, and Jones, Shaq. Shaq. And they all made the all-star team. You can't tell me that ain't some dope shit. Hey, man, they <laughs> they had the squad. It was just like, hey, we had to move pieces. I think if they would have kept that squad and let Phil Jackson come over and just coach that current squad, yeah. oh, man. That – I think Shaq <laughs> – I think to me Shaq would have been more dominant because – you can't double off a of Shaq. No. You got you got Nick Van Exel at your point. You got Kobe at your two. You got Eddie Jones who could play the three. Yeah. And whoever you want to put at the four, it don't matter. Shaq would have averaged 40 because he would he wouldn't get double teamed. What, you, can't what double, I, you can't double. What the one thing I remember was uh when when Shaq was like literally abusing. I don't man, no. Nah. Shaq was beating up niggas. Yeah. I'm talking about Chris Dudley. When he got dunked <laughs> on and pushed, I said, I felt Chris Dudley when he picked up that ball and threw it at Shaq. He's like, man, I can't do nothing with this nigga. I'm like, I got to throw a ball at him or something. Like, look, he beating me up down here. Like, everybody got to, like, our age remember, but younger dudes, they don't. Even when, I, I want to say Kevin Durant said something, that all Shaq did was dunk. I'm like, okay, uh, he might have, but who else you know can do 20 dunks in a game? Nobody. Man, that, listen, that's how you, know you dominate. <laughs> I'm gonna say this about Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, one of the top two or three players in the world today. Yeah, you can't stop him. You can't nobody. Probably Giannis is the only guy that could give him fits. Yeah, because of their length. 
But I would say this. Shaq can dominate a game from a physical standpoint. Yeah. Back then with centers, he played in the league of the era of the big man, and he was the most dominant of yeah. the big men. You had David Robinson, Patrick Ewing, Hakeem Olajuwon, who was probably the most um, talented, the most skilled big man, and yeah. and probably had the he had the most moves. He had the best moves because he was killing everybody, including Shaq, during that run that he had. Uh, but, but they had all those big men, and Shaq was the most dominant. When it comes to Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant is so talented, but he's not the most dominant. No. If you ask me who's the most dominant player right now and how he plays the game, I'm looking at Giannis. Giannis is dominant shit. Because he, he be you know, running through the, through the middle and dunking. Yeah, you know exactly what he's going to do. That's what's killing me. You know exactly what he's going to do. And all of a sudden, ain't gonna, you ain't going to stop him. So I just feel like, I just personally feel like Kevin Durant's uh, statement, you know, you got to you got to just step back. And it's not about it's not about all he could do was dunk. No, I think it was James Harden that said that. James Harden said that about some no, James Harden said that about Giannis. Uh, Kevin Durant probably said that about Shaq, but is it effective? That's what it boils down to. Is it effective and does it work? Yeah, so like I was saying, man, uh, yeah, Kevin Durant, when it comes to these old school players, man, they were dominant what they did. Even though today's players are more skilled, hey, you yeah. got to just be quiet, man. It's a whole different era, man. So he played in the league for a very long time, and, you know, he had his period, four championships. Hey, I can't you – can, you can't stop something that is not stoppable. So, all day, all day. Um, before we go, man, um, I just want to play a little game with you real quick. All right. Uh, before we go, um, we grew up in the '90s era. You know, a lot of to me, golden era. I mean, it's one of the best eras ever. You know, from television to movies, um, and to music. And uh, I saw this uh, chart on the internet, and it has a Sweet Sixteen uh, chart like March Madness bracket, and it's featuring the 90s male R&B groups. So, you want to play this game? All right. So, we're going to start off, and you're going to choose. This is your your bracket, and I'm just going to keep track of it. All right? So, we have Boyz II Men versus New Edition. Who are you taking in that one? New Edition. I kind of figured you was gonna take new edition. <laughs> All day. New edition. All right. So we have next mint condition versus high five. High five was some light skinned niggas, wasn't it? Nah, uh high five was uh the little boy group. Uh they were too young. Mint condition. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Nah, too young. You didn't like the kissing game? Man, they were they were too young, bro. Like, I can't listen to it now. And uh, like, I can go back to Boys and Man and New Edition 
and be like, hey, I can play that now, but they too young now. I'm too old too. But nah, I but can't they, fuck with them now. But they had, but see, when they got older, they had some hits too. Uh, she's playing hard to get, um, quality time. They uh, had stuff when they had older, and those are still hits. All right, well, you got mid condition. Uh, <laughs> uh, next we have Silk versus H Town. This is hard. Nah, so over H Town. Yep. Grown man, sorry, bro. <laughs> so I, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. So, well, this man. this 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 is yours. So I can't argue with it. I, I, that's why I said it was hard though, because you're talking grown men. I'm like, well, damn, H Town was grown too. Yeah, they were. They were. But I guess I was still. In, damn. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Was H Town late '90s though? H Town was like. Early '90s uh, to mid '90s, they were from everything from knocking the boots to uh, backseat to part-time lover. Ooh, um, lick you up! Damn. All right, Darius, I'm gonna tell you something. You remember when we used to get so- called soft for listening to R&B? Yep. So it was only so much R&B I listened to. Bro, bro, like, I, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you the ones that I definitely know, but I didn't listen to too much R&B. I used to try to, even though I wasn't, I wasn't no gangster or nothing. I sure did try to listen to it though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so let's go to the next one. Um, right. Black Street versus Guy. Hey, man, Teddy Riley, bro. Hey. Black Street on that one. Teddy yeah. Riley, man. Teddy Riley made hits, man. Well, yeah, Teddy Riley was also a guy, too. Uh, hey, I felt like. But Black Street had bigger hits. Yeah, bigger. So, yeah. I got to go. I got to go Black Street on that one. Shit, I remember when uh, a couple of years ago, me and my wife and my in-laws went to the uh, 90s Black Party concert. Ooh-wee. And um, they had Genuine. They had Jagged Edge. They had Drew Hill. They had, um, who else they have? They had a uh, guy. Guy was the headliner. Okay. And that was that was a great concert. Let me ask you something. Which one? All I want to do is do a zoom, 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 and a boom, boom. So that is a uh, wrecking effect. Oh, damn, man. How many places has Teddy Riley been? He he did about three good three groups. <laughs> he did about three groups. <laughs> Man, uh, I gotta go with Black Street. I gotta go with Black Street, bro. Cause I, I'm I'm going by the ones that I, I actually played. Okay. All right. So let's do Joe to see versus Tony Tony Tony. Ooh, shit. Now okay, a lot now, of it for me because Tony Tony had that. All right, Jodeci had what you wanted for the the girls, in my opinion. Tony, Tony, Tony had that shit when you wanted to be just smooth. Hey, it's a Saturday. I'm getting ready. About to get my hair cut. About to get these J's this morning. Hey. Oh, man. All right, you said this is mine, right? Yep. I know the people, the people are going to say Jodeci. But, man, I was, I was bumping more Tony, Tony, Tony. 
All right, so we're going with Tony, Tony, Tony. Yeah. Everybody right. thinking I'm crazy on that one. I already know. All right. So we have 112 versus after seven. 112. All right. That's easy. Drew Hill versus Bell, Biv, and DeVoe. Oh, I'm... I get. I can't look at them like they was in uh New Edition though. But Bell Biv, nah, hell no, nah. Bell Biv DeVoe, man. I was bumming them too. Shit. All right, so you got BBD. All right, they get. Hey, they get it just off of poison, bro. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> next, we have Jagged Edge versus Next. Jagged Edge. All right. Now, let's go back. Uh-oh. We have New Edition versus Mint Condition. New Edition. All right. We have Silk versus Black Street. Black Street. Tony, Tony, Tony versus 112. Tony, Tony, Tony. And BBD versus Jagged Edge. For Not for anybody else. For me. Jagged in high school days. So I was feeling the more when I was talking to a girl on the phone. So Jagged in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now we're down to the final four. Okay. So we have New Edition versus Black Street. New Edition. And we have Tony, Tony, Tony versus Jagged Edge. Jagged Edge. All right. Now we're in the championship. Championship right here. Championship round. New edition versus Jagged Edge. New edition. Ain't no, ain't no be new edition to me, bro. Man, that that's actually that's actually pretty good. This one, bro. Whew. And, and the reason why I say that is because even when they broke off, they had hits when they broke off. And went different places. And I'm like, damn, when these dudes were together, and if they would have stayed together, there's no telling what could have happened. Right, definitely. Well, look, man, I'm glad that you played this game, man, and we coming to the end of the show. Hey, I got um, one person for you to interview, though, bro. You got to interview one person now. I got to request one. All right, go ahead. Brandon Ogburn. Okay. <laughs> Hey, I want to hear that interview. Hey, when you do that one, I'm gonna I'm gonna tune in for real. Well, tell him to hit me up, man. All right. Hey, he he gonna give you a good one, bro. Brandon Hogg uh-huh. gonna give you a good one. Oh, I already know. <laughs> I already know, man. It's it's gonna be good. It's if he wants to come on, man, just tell him, hey, come on with it. Have open slots. Come on through. So, um, before we get out of here, man, I just want to say thanks, man, for coming on, man. This was real fun. Uh, we got to do it again sometime later down the road, man. This is this was cool, man. This was fun for me. Oh yeah, it's definitely cool. When somebody almost <laughs> right. Yeah, we all definitely. Oh, almost man. thirty years, man. Almost thirty years. Um, is there any any last words you want to uh say before we get up out of here? Man, hey, I just want to say I, I see what you 
Ayu doing what Ali he nah he ain't one of he was the first rapper in Carswell I have ever I had met at one point. And uh it was at uh it was at Burke Cobb Center with Bam and uh I was like, man, that dude, he really like rapping over there. I, I never met, I had never met a rapper in Clarksville, especially at my age at the time. And I saw him like spitting one time. I'm like, all right, that's cool. And just to see how how he's come through in life and matured and doing doing what he's doing. And to see you working with him, I'm like, yeah, that's dope. And, and I just like to see Clarksville work together, man. Cause we got so much talent here. I know everybody want to talk about Nashville and Memphis, but we got talent here too. You know what I'm saying? And I like how you're working with them. Appreciate that, man. Let the people know where they can find you and follow you with follow you at. Hey man, look at me from on Instagram at C T Milan M-I-L-A-N. And also, y'all make sure y'all follow Drinking After Dark Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Chris, it was a pleasure having you on. Yes, sir. Everybody, y'all be safe. We out. We out. Gotta get to the money. Gotta get to the money. Uh huh. Early morning, so you know that I'm on it. So you know that I'm on it. Gotta make sure that my family's straight. Gotta make sure that the kids are Get to the money, get to the money, uh-huh.